Thank you for checking out this presentation. I am presenting our research on an issue of video game regulation. In particular, this is the legal regulation of a potentially harmful, quasi-gambling, randomized monetization method found in video games, commonly known as loot boxes. Over the last three years, loot boxes have faced public controversy and scrutiny by regulators across the world, including in Denmark, due to loot boxes' similarity with gambling. We sought to assess how effective already imposed loot box law in China has been. This research is relevant to other countries as well, because many countries, such as the UK, are currently considering whether to copy Chinese law and impose the same measure. I am sure that many of you listening would be very familiar with what a loot box is. However, in summary, loot boxes are virtual consumable items in video games that can be opened by players to obtain randomized rewards of variable in-game and real-world value. They can take out many different virtual forms, such as treasure chests, car packs, prize wheels, or a gacha. Our research focuses on paid loot boxes that require money to buy. These are seemingly more harmful as they can directly cause overspending of real money by players. Some games allow for player trading, enabling loot box rewards to be transferred between players. These systems may enable players to sell in-game items for real-world money. This means that these loot box rewards gain real-world monetary value. What can loot box rewards do? Some rewards are just cosmetic. For example, they may make your sword glow green instead of red, or give you gold rather than silver armor, without any increase in power. Other rewards actually influence gameplay. For example, they could unlock additional content, or give the player a competitive advantage over other players, such as more powerful weapons that can defeat enemies more easily. This means that players who paid for loot boxes can become stronger than other players thus potentially encouraging those other players to also buy loot boxes so that they can compete on a more equal footing. This may create a stronger incentive to buy loot boxes which give a competitive advantage than those which are merely cosmetic. How much do people spend on loot boxes? We don't have conclusive data on loot box spending because this data is held by game companies and they generally don't release their loot box sales data to the public. However, through publicly available data from China, we have been able to figure out that just one single game generates a daily revenue of over 500,000 US dollars in one single country alone. Player trading of in-game items is also significant, with the virtual items of just three Steam games having been transacted 1.45 billion times between players with an aggregated value of over 1 billion US dollars. Extreme cases of individual players' loot box spending have been reported in mainstream media, such as one UK player spending nearly £700 in one month. Another player spent over US dollars in just two years on the loot boxes of one single game. The BBC also reported in 2019 a case where four children spent nearly £550 of their father's money on loot boxes without permission and still didn't get the rare item that they were after. What are the potential harms of loot boxes? The first potential harm of loot boxes is their structural similarities of gambling. They both involve the player 
or gambler paying an amount of money with the hope of obtaining more money or something more valuable through a randomized process. Secondly, empirical evidence has consistently established that there is a relationship between loot box spending and problem gambling. Specifically, that the more severe that participants' problem gambling was, the more money they spent on loot boxes. I note, however, that we do not yet know if loot boxes cause people to become problem gamblers, or if people who are already problem gamblers are simply more likely to spend a lot more money on loot boxes. Thirdly, loot boxes may abuse our natural, irrational decision-making biases, causing players to spend more money than they had originally intended. These decision-making biases have been experimentally demonstrated to cause overspending in the context of gambling, and so may also be applicable to the loot box context. Some research on loot box prevalence has already been conducted. Loot boxes have become prevalent across all major gaming platforms. We are particularly concerned about children and other vulnerable groups being exposed to loot boxes. The UK Gambling Commission, for example, has found that 22.9% of UK 11 to 16 year olds have paid for loot boxes. Regulators around the world are considering whether or not to regulate loot boxes because of their potential harms and because of how easily children can have access to them. This is why the regulation of loot boxes is a global consumer protection challenge. Our research sought to contribute to the swift resolution of this issue. We conducted our research because, firstly, loot box prevalence research so far has focused only on Western countries. The situation in non-Western countries is simply not known. To address a global challenge, it is necessary to be informed by perspectives from different countries. This is particularly relevant because countries such as Brazil are also considering regulating loot boxes. Further, the effectiveness of the very few attempts to regulate loot boxes has never been assessed. Such assessments are necessary to guide further regulation to ensure effective consumer protection. As of now, the People's Republic of China is the only country to regulate loot boxes through a consumer protection measure. China requires video game companies to disclose the probabilities of obtaining randomized loot box rewards. Assessing how effective this measure is will help to resolve this global challenge because measures found to be effective in one country can be recommended to other countries. Here are two screenshots to demonstrate what loot box probability disclosure means. In the example on the left, we can see that if we bought this loot box, we would have a 5% chance of obtaining an item of five-star rarity. In the example on the right, we can see probabilities disclosed for specific items. For example, a player has a 1% chance of obtaining Mario. Probability disclosure regulations have precedents in gambling law, such as in the UK. Prior research on disclosure-based regulations in other industries found that companies often do not disclose information in the most effective ways, so their ability to improve and inform the choices made by consumers becomes very limited. For example, UK alcohol companies have not always met their voluntary pledges around health warnings. When used ineffectively or even perversely, these measures could even end up inhibiting informed consumer choice. For example, if the probability disclosures are hidden away at places where players are unlikely to be able to find them. This is why it is important to assess the effectiveness of loop probability disclosure regulations. We do not know if video game companies will behave in a socially responsible manner. On the prevalence of loot boxes in China, we found that 91 of the 100 top grossing iPhone games contain loot boxes. 
This is significantly higher than the 59% found in the UK. We also found that 90.5% of games deemed suitable for children aged 12 and above contain loot boxes in China. This is again much higher than the 58.9% found in the UK. As for compliance, we could not find the probability disclosures for four of the 91 top grossing iPhone games containing loot boxes. It is highly likely that these four games failed to disclose probabilities. Chinese law gives a wide discretion to video game companies and recognizes as compliant if A, a disclosure is made on the loot boxes in-game purchase stream, or B, on the game's official website, or C, at both locations. We found that 61.5% of games disclose at only one of either location, compared to 34.1% of games which disclose at both locations. Disclosing at both locations would have provided players with two alternative methods to access the disclosure, and therefore would have made the disclosures more accessible than only disclosing at one location, and thus would have allowed as many players as possible to find the disclosure. However, a majority of video games fail to do this. Even within the category of in-game disclosures, the method and accessibility of disclosure is extremely varied. I will take us through examples of each category, from those we considered most accessible to those considered least accessible. 9.6% of in-game disclosures actually display the probabilities straight away on the purchase screen without requiring any interaction from the player. This is the most visually prominent form of disclosure. 11.5% used a small generic symbol, such as this question mark on the top right-hand corner, but labeled it with the words probabilities in order to show that it led to the probability disclosure. 55.8%, the majority of in-game disclosures, also used a small generic symbol, such as this I, uh, standing for information in the bottom right-hand corner, or this question mark on the top left-hand corner, which the player taps, and then the probabilities are shown. These are less prominent than the previous disclosure category, where the symbols also state probabilities. 15.4% of in-game disclosures began with a small generic symbol, but then require some extra steps. This game, for example, requires the players to follow multiple hyperlinks and to do some scrolling to access the disclosure. Not all players may end up completing all these steps, and so those players who gave up during this process would never have access to the disclosure. 5.8% of in-game disclosures were accessed through a graphic element on the purchase screen that is not seemingly interactable. This game, for example, unexpectedly requires players to tap an incense burner, which looks like part of the background, in order to access the probability disclosure. Finally, 1.9% of in-game disclosures could only be accessed by chatting with a customer support bot found in the game settings. This is clearly quite removed from the loot box purchasing process. Also note that the game is entirely in Chinese, but the customer support bot is only in English. We can see in the second panel that the bot does not understand if you request the probabilities in Chinese. If a determined player does finally manage to access the disclosure, we can see in the right-hand panel that they will be faced with a daunting and almost illegible format. Now, I will also show you examples of the various categories of official website disclosures. 9.1 of website disclosures had links on the homepage itself, which takes you to the probability disclosures. 
1.5% of website disclosures were published under a separate tab dedicated to probabilities, which is quite obvious for the player to identify. 3% of website disclosures were made under the news tab, but were pinned to the top of other news posts, making them quite prominent. 78.8%, the vast majority of website disclosures, publish the probabilities for their loot boxes under the news tab, but then listed them chronologically along with other posts. This means that older posts containing the disclosures are buried by newer posts. Therefore, players may have to do a lot of scrolling and clicking to go through the list before they find the probabilities that they're looking for. Also, many games have several loot boxes, and each loot box's probabilities are disclosed individually within this chronological list of news in its own separate blog post, as showing the green boxes in the screenshot. This makes it even harder for players to find individual disclosures for specific loot boxes. Finally, 7.6% of website disclosures were not accessible at all when navigating the website from the homepage. Unless the player somehow already knew the URL, they will have to use a search engine to find the disclosure. To summarize, video game companies fail to maximize the visibility of probability disclosures. In terms of in-game disclosures, we consider the loot box's in-game purchase page as the starting point. We consider an in-game disclosure as reasonably prominent if the player can access the disclosure by searching for the words probabilities on that particular page. Only 21.2% of in-game disclosures were either displayed automatically on the purchase screen or were accessible by pressing a button referencing the word probabilities in Chinese. Automatically displayed disclosures are clearly the most accessible form of in-game disclosure as it ensures that every player who may purchase a loot box is made aware of the probabilities of obtaining the rewards. For official website disclosures, we considered those which can be accessed if the player searched for the words probabilities on the official website's homepage as reasonably prominent. This meant that only 10.6% of website-based disclosures were reasonably prominent. In short, video game companies fail to maximize the visibility of probability disclosures. Such suboptimal compliance is bound to negatively affect the effectiveness of the consumer protection provided by the regulations. In conclusion, it is clear that loot boxes are very prevalent in China, even more so than in Western countries. This means that the loot box situation in different countries may be vastly different and should be studied separately. Overgeneralization would not be helpful. We found that only a minority of loot box probability disclosures were reasonably prominent. Our recommendation is that legal regulation and or self-regulation by the video game industry targeting loot boxes should require specific formats of uniform and prominent probability disclosures in order to ensure maximum consumer protection. After our study was conducted, we conducted a further study. This was a cross-sectional survey that participants self-selected into participating, so the usual disclaimers apply. We asked 879 video game players living in China whether they have seen probability disclosures in games they play. Of 428 participants who self-reported having purchased loot boxes in the past 12 months, 84.6% reported having seen probability disclosures. This reflects that most loot box purchasers have in fact seen disclosures despite them being implemented through suboptimal methods. Does seeing the disclosure reduce spending? 
To answer this, we asked whether players bought fewer loot boxes and spent less money after seeing probability disclosures. Of 362 loot box purchasers who saw probability disclosures, 72.4% reported that their loot box purchasing behavior has not been affected by probability disclosures. 19.3% reported buying fewer loot boxes and spending less money, and 8.3% reporting buying more loot boxes. Now, what does the survey results tell us? Taken together, of all 428 loot box purchases, only 16.4% reported buying fewer loot boxes and spending less money after seeing probability disclosures. This suggests that even if loot box probability disclosures are implemented prominently, their effectiveness at reducing spending is likely very limited. A more interventionist measure may be necessary to effectively reduce spending and minimize harm. Regulators should therefore consider stronger measures, such as imposing maximum spending limits to ensure consumer protection. Now, there is just one more thing. You may remember that I mentioned at the start of this presentation that a positive correlation between problem gambling severity and loot box spending has been consistently replicated in multiple studies in multiple countries. However, those studies all used Western samples. In contrast to the Western countries where gambling is generally legalized but regulated, China bans almost all forms of gambling, except the lotteries. When we tried to replicate the same correlation in China, we failed. Our failure to replicate could be due to a variety of reasons, including cultural differences, or that loot box spending may only be correlated with more gamified gambling activities, such as slot machine mobile apps, which are illegal in China. However, more importantly, this failure could also be due to methodological reasons. Previous studies gave the problem gambling severity assessment scale to all participants, including participants who never gambled. This may have caused a degree of nuisance reporting that exaggerated the effect. More research needs to be done in this area because if this relationship does not exist in non-Western countries, then there is less justification for regulating loot boxes in those countries. Thank you very much for listening. I will now take some questions. If you have any further questions after the Q&A session, or if you're not listening to this presentation live, please do get in touch with us using any of these methods. Before I finish, I would just like to mention that one of the biggest challenges facing loot box research at the moment is the lack of access to industry data. If anyone listening has access to industry data, I will be very happy to discuss data sharing so that we can further the research in this area and ensure that players are provided with the consumer protection that they rightly deserve.